Hello, listeners. Welcome to episode 113. In this episode, I want to talk about how luminosity masks can help you better understand and leverage the zone system. I promise up front that this isn't going to be an hour-long treatise on why this zone system is great. It is great, but it's a tool, perhaps one of the greatest tools to learn to master tonal management when it comes to imaging. While the zone system was created in the days of black and white, it is equally useful in color editing when one considers the impact of RGB channels. The concept behind zones is pretty simple. What you do is apply an 11-stop range across your captured image. This range is called the zone system, where each section, or square in the strip, if you will, is one stop away from the ones on either side, except for the black patch on the far left and the white patch on the far right. 11 is an arbitrary number of tones, and it helped photographers in the day deal with films and papers that could only deliver a dynamic range of six or so stops in a native manner. By manipulating exposure times in different zones, and doing so in the darkroom, not unlike a more mathematical dodging and burning approach, the artist could more consistently achieve what was in his or her mind's eye. Moving into the present, our digital sensors deliver very dynamic ranges depending upon their design and age. It's possible as I'm building this episode to go out and find cameras that deliver over 12 stops of dynamic range natively. This is an awesome thing, but it doesn't mean that your camera has to do that. There's always value to the zone system, even if your camera can record more stops of dynamic range than the 11 that we're talking about in the zone system, because the zone system lets you decide where you want a specific tonal range to live in your edited product. You want to move everything that's currently sitting in zone 3 to zone 5? Well, you can do that. In fact, ultimately, what you do is your business as the creative. There's no one way or best approach. When we bring the RGB channels into things, now we've got zone level control of color itself, and that can be incredibly magical and incredibly empowering. Understand up front, you can certainly do this stuff with manual masks, brushes, dodging, burning, and other techniques. But where the zone system excels is in getting you to the specific tonal range where you want to do the work. And this is where a luminosity mask system comes in. A luminosity mask on its own is very simply a mask that passes a certain level of luminosity and blocks others. That kind of makes sense, right? Because luminosity is more continuous than stepped, such masks make for strong controls without creating harsh boundary effects. Unless, of course, you want that sort of thing. It is, after all, your image. Luminosity masks can be made in different applications, but in the context of this episode, I'm only going to talk about Photoshop. Making a luminosity mask is not hard, but if you're doing a lot of them, it can be tedious. Just because you have the masks does not imply that you necessarily have a good place to start in doing your edits, and this is where luminosity mask plugins come into play. I understand. There are many luminosity masking tools out there. I sure don't know them all. But I do use tools from Greg Benz and from Blake Rudis. 
You can find their tools online, and I get no compensation if you buy either or both. I will say that in my dealings with both gentlemen, they're class acts and they do great work. Their products are awesome. For the purposes of the examples in this episode, I'm going to use Greg's system as a reference. It's called Lumenza. Uh, Blake has a similar system. They work very similarly, but the approach that they take is different. The idea behind one of these luminosity mask tools that build zones is it needs to make cutting the zone-specific masks easy. Lumenza offers many ways to make masks, but I'm going to focus on the zone system method. When you launch the plugin, you're going to click the button for the zone that you want to create a mask for, and it's going to do the mask. That's the first step. You didn't have to do anything else other than push a button. Just because you have a mask doesn't mean that work is done. The next step is to apply an adjustment tool to that mask layer. If this starts to sound a bit like an adjustment layer with the mask already made for you, that's a pretty accurate description. So in a fictitious example, I want to control the contrast in zone one. So I'm going to click the button for zone one, the mask gets built, and then I'm going to click in the plugin tool on the curves tool, and a curves adjustment layer specifically for zone one is presented to me. What I do with the curves layer is entirely up to me. The luminosity mask tool simply means I get to that place quicker so I can do the creative part of the work. I can also make adjustment layers for the same zone using different tools, such as levels, brightness, color, HSL, more. Whichever tool set you choose, there's going to be excellent training material available from the maker, so from Blake or from Greg. So think about this. I can now cut adjustment layers specific to an individual zone, and then I can create modifiers, adjustments for them, using the standard kind of Photoshop type of adjustment layer tools, but all integrated into this plugin. That's pretty awesome. Now, the tool that creates these masks is going to provide you independent options for all 11 zones. This gives you a massive level of artistic control without the tedium of repeatedly cutting masks. I've recently built a tutorial on the process for my local camera club using a real-world example. I started with an image made on a cloudless, sunny winter day, where the actual dynamic range was beyond the internal capability of the very excellent camera being used. So I made the best in-camera exposure that I could, given the situation. I overexposed intentionally for two reasons, both, first, to keep the snow white, and to follow my normal methodology when photographing of exposing to the right. If you're not familiar with exposing to the right, or ETTR, I've discussed it in prior episodes, so if you look through the episode list on the website, you're going to be able to find these episodes and listen to them. The out-of-camera raw image was not what I saw in my mind's eye. The shadows were all blocked up, mid-tones were pretty flat, and the highlights, they looked all bleached out. This isn't surprising. I wasn't surprised. And you probably wouldn't be surprised if you were in the same situation. Medical professionals have suggested that the human eye can distinguish over 20 stops of dynamic range. Camera sensors just can't keep up. However, because I shot in RAW, I had a place to start 
with the maximum amount of data available to me and no data thrown away arbitrarily. Well, folks like to tell me there's a place for shooting JPEG. This kind of work is not that place. So in my exercise, I created the luminosity masks for each zone, and I selected a curves layer as my first adjustment for each of them. I said that the zone masks did not have hard demarcations, and this is important because you need to be aware that what you do in one zone is probably going to spill over to some extent to an, into other zones. The mask isn't exclusively black or white. There are going to be areas of gray where it's partially transmissive, if you will. My recommendation to you is to treat all your adjustments like salt. A little goes a long way. You can always add more if needed later, but taking it away after the fact becomes more difficult. Baby steps. Go small, easy, slight moves. So I then looked at each of the zones and made basic adjustments, or didn't, and I tweaked them, and then I moved back and forth between them. If this doesn't sound like it's incredibly fast, it's because it's not incredibly fast, but the level of control is magnificent. After I'd done my curves adjustments, or no curves adjustment, I then looked to see if there are other adjustments I wanted for each individual zone and added them in as appropriate. So I might have added in a brightness adjustment for a particular zone, um, a hue, saturation, and luminance adjustment for a different one. I might have used levels for another. I may, in fact, have used multiple adjustment layers on a single zone mask. And because each zone mask is a layer unto itself, you can easily toggle them on and off to validate that you're actually getting what you wanted to get to. We're talking about a lot of potential layers here, and so sometimes that, let's call it layer crush, can get a little out of hand. In the end, after I'd done all my work, even after I'd made some masks that I thought were beneficial while I was doing the construction, I decided that they didn't really add enough value to keep. This is beautiful because I can disable them, and if I wish, I can throw them away without losing anything because they're all adjustment layers in Photoshop. They're non-destructive. Using luminosity masks and the zone system is not a quick fix. It requires effort and intent. It's much more work than slapping on a look or a preset. And if those types of things work for you, that's great. However, if you want to be the one in control of your art and you enjoy editing, and especially if you make big prints, investing in a luminosity mask plugin that handles the zone system works in the context of zones, and then investing the time to learn to use it. It's going to enhance your skills and help you deliver better work. And that, friends, is the whole point of this podcast. Do you have an idea for an article, a tutorial, a video, or a podcast? Do you have an imaging question unrelated to this particular episode? Send me an email directly at ross at thephotovideoguide.ca or make a post in the comments. If you email me your questions on any imaging topic, I will try to respond within a day. If you shop online for your photographic and video gear with B&H Photo Video, please consider doing so through the link on thephotovideoguide.ca. This helps support my efforts with minor bits of funding 
and it has no negative impact whatsoever on your shopping experience. If you find the podcast, videos, or articles of value, please consider clicking the donation tab in the sidebar of the website and buy me a coffee. Your donation goes to help me keep things going in this little enterprise. I'm Ross Chevalier. Thanks for reading, watching, and listening. And until next time, peace.